And we are teaching on the process of faith. Can somebody tell me what the uh, theme scripture is, uh, the verse? Somebody tell me. We'll try again. 1 Peter 1.9. 1 Peter 1.9. All right, 1 Peter 1.9. We did use Hebrews 11.1. But uh, 1 Peter chapter 1 and the theme scripture that we have used is this phrase, receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Receiving the end of your faith. The goal of Mark 11.24 is having them. So the end of your faith is having them. Therefore, I say unto you what things, whoever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall what? Have them. So the goal or the end game or uh, the finish line is having them or actually possessing uh, the fulfillment or the manifestation of the promise of God in your life. And so our prayer of faith is so that we actually have them. All right, so what do we have to do to have them? We believe that we have received them or believe that we have it already, according to other translations of Mark eleven twenty four. 24. Believe that you have it already and you shall have them or believe that you got it and you'll get it. So then in Hebrews, as was mentioned by Charles, uh, Hebrews 11 and verse 1. Now, faith is the substance of things, what? Hope for the evidence of things not seen. So we got evidence before we see. So then, we looked at 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. So, you can, of course, obviously, are going to see things naturally. And uh, in our particular case, uh, with Pastor Vicki, obviously, we see where things are presently, right? Uh, and we celebrate any progress Uh, But we have to look beyond what we see to something that we cannot see naturally but can see spiritually. While we look not at the things which are seen but at the things which are not seen. Both are looking. It's just looking with uh, natural eyes at the things that are seen but with spiritual eyes at things that you cannot see with natural eye. All right. So the Holy Spirit can give you eyes to see what you can't see. So he says, while we look not at the things that are seen, so we take our eyes off of the things that are seen, and we put our eyes on something that is unseen to your natural eye, and that is the promise of God. We're looking to God. So he says, the things that are seen are temporal or temporary because they're earthly, they're of this earth, and they have uh, a time span. Everything in this earth has a time span. In other words, it is going to come to an end, all right? Even the earth itself is going to melt with fervent heat. So everything in this earth has a time frame that it will survive or it will live, and then it will die, all right? So then we have this uh, thing that is temporal that we have to deal with, and we have uh, to consider in the sense of you it can't just ignore and, and it go away. Now, we have a mountain that we're dealing with, but yet uh, we are speaking to the mountain and we're believing beyond the mountain. 
All right, so while we look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal, temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And the eternal things are God himself, because he cannot change and will not change. All right, so God cannot change, and uh, God cannot lie, so what he said will not change. Right? He said, I am the Lord, that, and I change not. And he said, I cannot lie. Not just will not, cannot. He will not, and he cannot. All right, so God's word or God's promise is true. All the promises of God in him are what? Yes and amen. So then, the promise of God is eternal. It has no time frame. Or in other words, it works all the time. It works all the time. It works for anyone. It works uh, any place. So then, the Word of God or the promise of God is eternal. So our focus now, because we said we are looking at something, and yet we're not looking at something. We're taking our eyes off of of the natural. We're looking at the supernatural. Taking our eyes off off of the problem and looking at the promise. So then uh, our focus is so important in order to reach the end. So you have to maintain your focus. Now we looked at uh, Hebrews 12. Looking unto who? Jesus, who is the author and what? finisher. He's the author and the finisher, the beginning and the end, the alpha, the omega. So God will finish what he started or the good work he has started in us, he will complete. So then when you're in the process of faith, because there is a time frame between when you pray and the the end of your faith or the manifestation of that promise in your life, uh, then you have to keep your focus All right, so then we talked about endurance, right? So endurance is essential in order for you to reach the end. So you're able to endure. What did it say about Moses? Moses endured seeing him who was invisible. So then Moses was able to endure because he was seeing God who is invisible. Or he's seeing beyond what he could see. He's looking to God. And you and I must look to God and look to his word and look to his promise when everything perhaps around us is telling us the contrary. Or it is contradictory to the word or the promise of God. But we believe the promise of God. So our focus then is we're looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. The finisher meaning he's going to complete it. It's going to be at the end and you're going to see the fulfillment of the promise. All right. So then uh, you're looking to Jesus and you're keeping your eyes focused unto him. And you're able to endure through the process until you reach the end or the manifestation point or the full manifestation point. In the process, sometimes you're reaching different uh, uh, markers, if you will. And uh, that's happening with Pastor Vicki. That's happening with me right now as well with my arm and hand and so forth. So we're reaching markers, but our faith is on the end. Right? So you're looking beyond what you see. Otherwise, you get to looking at what you see. And then you lose your faith. But if you don't use it, you lose it. 
In other words, you have to consistently stay focused. Stay focused in order to endure. Now we're looking at Hebrews chapter 6. In Hebrews chapter 6, we are going to go to verse uh, 11. Hebrews 6, 11. It says, And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. Unto the end. Well, you could say the end of the age or the end of this uh, dispensation. Or you could also say the end of your situation. Amen. As far as principally. And so... uh, He said that we desire, so Paul is communicating, and I believe Paul did write this uh, letter of Hebrews. And so he said, this is our desire. This is what we desire. What? That you reach the end. That every one of you, not just some of you, this is the desire. Unfortunately, not everyone does reach the end, but anyone can. So then he said, we desire that every one of you do show the same, what? Diligence. So in order to reach the end, you got to be diligent. He that comes to God, what? Hebrews eleven six. He that comes to God must, what? Believe that God is and that he is a rewarder. Rewarder. So reward is your end game, right? Reward is a manifestation. Rewarder of them that what? Diligently seek him. So diligence is necessary for you to be able to endure and stay with it until you end with the manifestation. So to the full assurance, he said, with the same, do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end. That you be not slothful. Diligence would be the opposite of slothfulness. That you be not slothful. So how you hear the word, how you act on the word, how you apply the word. If you're slothful, you don't get the results that you would desire. If you're not diligent, you don't get the results that you would desire. So that's a a basic principle in life, in any area, whether it's natural or spiritual. If you're diligent in your job, you'll be blessed. If you're diligent in your business, you'll be blessed. If you're diligent with spiritual things, you'll reach the end. All right, so you'll get to the end game. Oh, the end being the manifestation. He said that you be not slothful, but then he says, but followers... Followers. Now, everybody's got to follow somebody. Some say, I'm not following anybody. Oh, yes, you are. Everybody's following somebody, whether negative or positive. Even the most rebellious person has followed somebody else's rebellion. So, reality is everybody has followed somebody's philosophy, belief system, action, Behavior, demeanor, faith would, would be another place that somebody's either following faith or they're following doubt. All right, so he said, but be what? Followers of them who through faith and patience 
inherit the promises. Be followers of them who through faith and patience. Now, uh, patience there, uh, it's patient endurance. Amplified. Uh, So, followers of them who through faith and patient endurance. Endurance is essential. We're going to work with that word because now the bars are essential. Back essential again. Uh, So, they're open, so I guess you call it essential. So, uh, we would say that faith is essential. We would say that endurance is essential because it was through faith and patience that they inherited the promises. Inherited the promises means that uh, you got it. You actually have an inheritance. It's not something that you are hoping for. It's something that you Inherit the promises. In other words, you receive the inheritance. It belongs to you. So they inherited the promises through what? Faith and patient endurance. So he says, now I want you to be followers. Instead of being uh, uh, slothful, I want you to be followers of those who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Because this doesn't change uh, with individuals. It's not like, okay, through faith and patience, they inherited the promises, but in another way, you get them. No, it all works the same. Everybody gets the same treatment when it comes to God. It works the same for everybody. It works the same anywhere, and it works the same anytime. So any generation, any time frame, any time span, no matter what's going on in the world, no matter where you live, no matter what's going on in your life, this word works. And this is how it works. Through faith And patient endurance, you inherit the promises. In other words, you get to the end game. You get to the having point point in your life where you actually have or possess the promise of God. The fulfillment of God's promise happens in your life. And it, it takes place through faith. What is faith? Faith is a substance of things that you hope for, desire. Oh, but it's also the evidence of things that you don't see. So in order for me to get to the end of my faith, the end of my prayer, the end point where I'm having or possessing, then I'm going to have to maintain the spirit of faith. And also, I'm going to have to endure because I'm looking beyond what I can see because faith sees something it can't see naturally. So I'm looking beyond what I see, and I'm looking to the end of my faith. I'm looking to the promise of God, and I'm seeing myself already healed. I'm seeing myself already delivered. I'm seeing myself already blessed. I'm seeing myself already prosperous. I'm seeing my children already saved. I'm seeing them delivered. I'm seeing them free. Come on. Hallelujah. We're seeing this church full again. Hallelujah. We're seeing people come to church again. We're seeing beyond Corona. 
If you can't see beyond that, you could get depressed. But thank God, we don't have to look at that all the time. Look to Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. God will finish what he started in our lives, and you get through any test, any trial, any challenge, no matter what comes your way, God is on your side. And if you, through faith and patient endurance, stay with it, you will get to the end game of your faith. You will get to the promise of God fulfilled in your life. Hallelujah. Somebody shout amen. All right. So, through faith and patience, endurance. So, these two things must be applied in order to get to the promised possession. For when Abraham made promise, now we're following people, so Abraham is what we would term the father of our faith, right, in the Scripture. So he said here, For when God made promise, verse 13, When God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. I mean, you can't find any greater than God, so he just said, I have to swear by myself. Because nobody else can qualify to keep it. The promise. Fulfill the promise. So God made promise to Abraham. He swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. Now God said that to Abraham when Abraham didn't have any kids. Not according to promise. All right, so here, God made promise to Abraham, saying, Surely blessing I will bless thee, and multiplying I will multiply thee. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Now, some people have a perspective of faith that we're just saying, well, it's like the lottery. You just hit it. This is not a gamble. This is not going down to the casino and sitting in front of a machine or standing at a table. Or It is not gambling. This is not a gamble. This is a sure thing. Jesus Christ is our surety. He is our guarantee. He is our surety. He is our guarantee. So his blood was shed to guarantee that the promise of God is good to you and me. His blood was shed to guarantee that the promise of God is good to you and me. So you can trust in, you can rely upon, you can let your weight down. You can rest in. He that believes, what? Enters into rest. He that believes has entered into rest. So you can rest in the promise of God. It's good. Hallelujah. I'm calm on the outside, but I'm shouting all the way on the inside. Hallelujah. If I'm sober right now, it's for your cause. Because I'm jumping up and down on the inside. Hallelujah to Jesus. 
Hallelujah. The promise of God is good. God is not a man that he should lie. He cannot lie, will not lie. His word is good. His promise is good. It's immovable, unchangeable, unalterable. It is the word of the living God. God is true. Hallelujah. Faithful and true. Hallelujah. So he said, and so after he had patiently endured, we want it all instant. I mean, it's true. We live in an instant society. We want, want an instant answer. You might want to just pray for a little while and wait on that. <laughs> You don't have to do everything right this moment. All right? Just wait on it, maybe, and just make sure the Lord's in that. Hallelujah. And that that's the will of God for your life. All right, so here, after you patiently endured, he, he inherited, he received the promise of God. And the same is true for us. Sometimes we have to endure through the process. And sometimes people have gotten disillusioned, and then they, they tell people that this doesn't work. Well, like, now, who are you? Back the truck up. Like, who are you to say that God's word doesn't work? Who are you to say that God doesn't work? Who are you to say that God is unfaithful? It may be that you, the person that says that, is the person that did not endure. Because God's word is true. It may be that they just didn't stay with it. and They weren't patiently enduring through the test. They just quit in the middle we have examples in the Bible of people that quit in the middle of the fight. But we also have people who went through and got through the test and got to the end of the game, so to speak. Praise God. Are, are you with me? So in other words, I'm not going to be a follower of those that say it didn't work. No, I'm going to be a follower of somebody that said it did work. Hallelujah. I'm going to follow the Word of God first and follow those who acted on the Word of God and believed the Word of God and saw the fulfillment of the Word of God in their life. You say, what if somebody failed? Well, what if they did? But what if they succeeded more than they failed? <laughs> Hallelujah. Quitters don't win. Winners don't quit. In other words, you get up again. If you get hit, if you get knocked down, you get up and fight. Hallelujah. And what are you fighting? Not just naturally flesh and blood. That's where people lose the battle. They fight with flesh and blood. They fight naturally. you got to fight with the fight of faith because this is a good fight and a fight that you can win. And your faith is in God and he can overcome and you can overcome with and in and through him hallelujah so whatever you face in life you just never quit hallelujah never quit let's go to chapter 10 of hebrews 
Hebrews chapter 10, and we're going to go to verse 35. Hebrews 10, 35 says, cast not away, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Cast not away your confidence, which hath what? Great recompense of reward. In other words, if you don't cast away your confidence or lose your confidence, this is the confidence that we have in him, that he that has begun a good work in us will perform it, complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Cast not away your confidence. Don't let go. It's just another way of saying your faith. Don't let go of your faith. Don't let go of your confidence. Don't cast it away. Don't cast aside your confidence. Why? Because your confidence and your faith has great recompense of reward. There's always a payday. There's a payday for doing what's right. There's a payday for believing God. There's a payday for being diligent. There's a payday for not letting go. It's a payday for just enduring. There's an end game if you keep your eyes fixed and your focus clear on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith and on the promise of God, then God will get you to the payday. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, you get your payday because you worked all week or all two weeks or whatever your job is. Maybe it was a, a bonus or something. You got the payday because you did the job. You did your part, right? God has his part. You have your part. Your part is endurance. Your part is faith. Your part is patience. Your part is keeping your eyes on Jesus and on the promise of God. Your part is keeping your focus. And your part is not casting away your confidence. His part is to perform. His part is to heal. His part is to bless. His part is to provide. His part is to bring the joy. Hallelujah to your life. Amen. There's so many things God will do for us if we won't let go of our confidence or cast away our confidence. Cast not away your confidence, which hath great recompense. Just a little bit, but a great recompense. There's a payday coming of reward. Reward day comes when you don't cast away your confidence. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 36. For you have need... Of patience. Or you have need of patience. You have need of endurance. Now, patient and endurance doesn't mean that you're not assertive. In fact, it means the opposite. You just know how to assert and what pace to assert. Are you with me? doesn't mean that you're not assertive. You're not moving forward. You don't have vision. It means that you can handle the pressure to get to the fulfillment of your vision. Because there is no vision in your life, no end game in your life that will not have pressure points to hinder you from getting to that point. Are you with me? 
So when you have endurance and you have patience and you uh, have your sights clearly set on the goal and in the end, then you can endure and you can stay steady until the fulfillment. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you don't lose hope. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. You have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So patience here, Amplified says, steadfast patience and endurance. You have need of steadfast patience and endurance. Hallelujah to Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just won't quit. Somebody say, just won't quit. Hallelujah to Jesus. Just won't quit. Go with me to James chapter 5. James chapter 5 and... Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I'll be here when the morning comes. <laughs> Hallelujah. In other words, you're still standing when all the dust settles. You're still standing when many people have scattered and many people would have quit long ago. But your faith is steadfast. You refuse to quit. Hallelujah to Jesus. Are we in James chapter 5? And we're going to go to verse 10. My brethren, take my brethren, the prophets. Now again, followers, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction and of patience. Consider the prophets. You think you've had it rough. The prophets, the ones who stood on the, on the tip of the spear and spoke the word of the Lord. Generally, they get the first hit. Because they're in the front. And so, he said, take the prophets. Consider them. Thank you, Jesus. Listen, my challenge is not just a personal challenge. So you understand. My wife's challenge is not just a personal challenge. Because the devil hates leaders. And the devil hates people who are standing out there speaking the Word of God and unashamed to speak it. So the devil tries to hit, but uh, his, his hit is going to be reversed. Hallelujah. I mean, his hit is just going to reverse on him. It's just going to be like turning the tables. It's going to be like a testimony in the face of a test. We're going to now have a testimony that shows the goodness of God and the glory of God. And the devil didn't win the fight, and we won, and Jesus is Lord, and it's just going to turn the tables on the devil. Yes. Hallelujah. So... He might have hit, but he didn't kill her. And God has the last word. Hallelujah. I said God has the last word. Thank you, Jesus. 
And he's already spoken it. Healed by the stripes that Jesus bore. Redeemed from the curse of the law. Hallelujah. He's already spoken it. Surely he has borne our sicknesses, carried our pains. He's already spoken it. He's already done it. He's already delivered. Hallelujah. And we're looking at the end game. We're seeing beyond what we see. And we see the promise of God. And we see her healed, whole, delivered, set free, completely sound in spirit, soul, and body, and whole. And so everybody can see it through faith in his name in the presence of all. Thank you, Jesus. In other words, if the devil shows it openly, we're going to tell it openly. Hallelujah. And we're going to testify about the goodness of God and the mercy of God. We're going to do it now. We're going to do it then. Hallelujah. And we're going to tell the story of God's amazing grace of turning the captivity and turning things around. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And tell it the rest of my life. Hallelujah. Somebody ought to just say, God is good. Amen. All right. We're in verse 10. Are you there? Their example of suffering affliction and of patience or endurance. Take, my brethren, the prophets. Consider them. Verse 11. Behold, we count them happy which endure. <laughs> So you can have joy in the journey. He said, Behold, we count them happy which endure. You have heard of the patience or the endurance of Job and have seen the end of the Lord. You know, Job had his critics in the middle of his trial. Even his own friends didn't celebrate him and, turn, and, and tell him how, how faithful he was and how faithful God was. No, 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 no. They questioned God and him. That the Lord is very pitiful and of tender mercies. Now I'm going to read it to you out of the Amplified Bible. Take, my brethren, the prophets who have spoken in the name of the Lord for an example of suffering affliction. Now I'm doing that in the King James, excuse me. And I'm going to do it in the Amplified. As an example of suffering and ill, treat, and Ill treatment together with patience, brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as his messengers. You know how we call those blessed happy who were steadfast, who endured, who have heard, you have heard of the endurance of Job. And see, instead of patience, it says endurance, the endurance of Job. And you have seen the Lord purpose and how he richly Blessed him in the end, inasmuch as the Lord is full of pity and compassion and tender, tenderness and mercy. God is full of compassion, tenderness, and mercy. Praise God forever. And in the end, he blessed Job double for his trouble. Hallelujah. In other words, in the end, he was more blessed than he had ever been blessed before. And in the end of your test, at the end, this is the end of the Lord. This is the end. He's compassionate. He's merciful. He's tender. He's kind. He's good. And you've seen the end of the Lord. And the end of your faith is the end of the Lord. In other words, God showed up and God showed out. 
And God proved his word to be true. And God proved himself to be faithful to you and to me. And thank God we can celebrate in the process all the progress. But we're believing to the end. And we're going to see the mercies and the blessings and the goodness of God. Hallelujah. The faithfulness of God. His mercies are new every day. But sometimes you get a double portion of his mercy. You get double blessing. Job had double in the end, double for all his trouble and you're going to have double in the end, double for all your trouble so don't let your heart be discouraged. Don't let your soul be cast down but know that God is for you and God is with you and God is in you and God is taking you through the testing time and he's getting you to the end of your faith. The salvation, the deliverance of your soul, the deliverance of your life and the goodness of God will be manifest to you and you'll know it is the Lord's mercies.